Hi, welcome to the Standing for Freedom podcast here on the campus of Liberty University, where we defend life, liberty, and truth to ensure that the foundations of freedom exist for the next generation. Today, I'm joined by President and CEO of Goya Foods, President Bob Unanwe. Did I get that right? Perfect. perfect. All right. Incredible. Well, hey, welcome. It's so good to see you. Oh, it's great to be here. It's my first time on campus, and what a beautiful institution they've built uh, from the vision of uh, Jerry Farwell. Farwell. It's incredible. Incredible. I've been here for a little over two years, and I read biographies, stories about President Falwell. I never met him. Uh, but I am just, I'm just amazed by those who knew him and knew him well, the lasting impact that he made upon their lives, not only in, in the church, but also here at Liberty University. He was a real deal, uh, a true man of faith. Um, one of the things that inspires me is seeing how, um, how Christ has impacted not only those who are in ministry, you know, full-time vocational ministry, but also those who are in business. So I think about what you're doing at Goya Foods, how you've uh, had to many times stand up as a Christian, as a leader, business leader, and entrepreneur um, for freedom and for truth. And so I want to talk to you about that today, uh, just your little bit about your your history, your family history, how this came to ba- it came about, how you founded this, how your family founded this company, and what y'all are doing. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I've never been a big fan of history until I started becoming historic myself. So now I'm 67. Now history means a little bit more to me. Uh, you know, my grandfather came, left Spain at 18 years old in 1904, went to Puerto Rico, did different jobs, came to New York, started importing food and products into the Spanish community in, in New York City. 1936, the Spanish Civil War breaks out Mm. and the supply of products uh, dries up. So he gets a hold of 500 cases of Goya sardines from Morocco. Uh, He liked the name, the the tie to Francisco Goya, the painter in Spain. He said, well, here's a product I can sell to my community, import it, and it's got a name that I'm going to see how this goes. He sold 500 cases. He liked the name, the brand, and he bought it for a dollar. In that time, it was just the Spanish community. Of course, the Mexican community in the United States. Today, we're the second largest Latino country in the world. We're uh, over 70 million Latinos. That's less than Mexico, more than Spain and Colombia that are around 50 million. Mexico is around... 120 million. But my grandfather came to this country uh, when he left Spain at 18 years old, a kid going off, not knowing what laid ahead, left probably uh, hard economic times, both in Spain, a lot of Italians left, a lot of Europeans left on steamships to South America, to Central America, to to, uh, the Caribbean. So he looked to this country as a land of opportunity. And, uh, you know, here we are at Liberty University and Liberty and Freedom. The United States has always been the bastion for that. And uh, yet today I see, I feel that we're, that's under threat. Mm. Uh, 
I think the states are somewhat of the firewall between communism and, and, and democracy. And why I say communism, because in these countries where a lot of people are coming from, like Venezuela, Cuba, have come to this country in search of liberty and freedom. They've left behind uh, governments that have thought to take away liberties, take away freedom, to move away from God. So we have, as a country, uh, we have the freedom uh, to, pr to worship God. And uh, so this is the last bastion of great democracy and freedom. Yeah. And we need to protect that. Uh, I was, uh, I would say, for the first 66 years of my life, just plugging along, I worked very hard. And uh, all of a sudden, last year, on July 9th, uh, I went to the White House to offer the nation a gift of food to a nation that was uh, lacking food at food banks. And, and, uh, and so I went to the White House to present this gift. At the same time, President Trump had offered uh, me a position on a White House Commission for Hispanic Prosperity, yeah. and which we accepted. But I, I made a big mistake along the way. Uh, I spoke in the Rose Garden on July 9th, and I said that, and, and this word didn't come necessarily from me. Uh, it, I feel that the Holy Spirit put these words on my lips, this word, blessed, that we were blessed as a country that we needed to love and build, not hate and destroy, that we were blessed with a president like Donald J. Trump, a president who actually has defended life. And that set off a firestorm and it actually gave me a platform that today I've realized that more than ever, I think I've been in training for 66 years too, and I've been given this platform uh, as a challenge as to be an instrument mm -hmm. for the Holy Spirit uh, to spread that word, to have the courage. You know, when the disciples were in uh, the room, uh, fearful, almost as fearful as COVID. Uh, they were feared for their lives. Um, the Holy Spirit came down and gave them this courage. And, and that's one of the things that I think we need to do is uh, be not afraid. I heard this fact the other day, that in the Bible, it's mentioned 365 times, be not afraid. That's right. And uh, I didn't fact check that, but you said it's good. good. I, I think it's good. The thing is, you, you can't be afraid. Uh, and so the other thing that uh, is reaching out to me, uh, I believe, through the Holy Spirit, is that we care for the most vulnerable. St. Mother Teresa said in 1994, that we need to bring the children to the center of our care and concern. You know, we've had 63 million abortions since Roe v. Wade in the United States, 1.6 billion worldwide since 1980. We're demeaning life. Our children have become commodities. That's right, yeah. There's 40 million people being trafficked around the globe uh, at one time. 70% uh, are women, 25% are children. And the age of those children gets younger and younger. We're pushing down to almost single digits, 11 years old. Mm -hmm. $150 billion 
uh, business of trafficking. And so, you know, where have we gone? The, the, um, someone said to me recently, I said, what's, what's going to happen? What do you think uh, this gentleman who's a big uh, philanthropist and uh, helping around the world, he said, you know, God spoke to him and said, this country is not ready yet. We need to suffer more. In other words, we need to come to the realization that uh, we're heading in the wrong direction. And it's got to be so impactful that we need to hit bottom almost like a drug addict and realize, awaken to the fact that what's happening. Mm -hmm. And there's so many good people. That the good news is that there's so many good people out there that we can make a difference. It's the few controlling the many, and we can't allow that to happen. That's right. Yeah. It, it, there's so many things you said there, and it's so well said. And um, you know, you think about the social justice movement and the sort of cancel culture, Marxist ideology that, that, that basically uh, wants to do things along racial disparities, racial lines, uh, and it's really just a uh, sort of cloak and dagger really to get Marxism uh, to turn us into a Cuba or turn us into a Venezuela. Um, but in this moment, uh, you look at the greatest injustices around the world, you named it abortion, and sex trafficking, two great injustices. Uh, and so today, the left sort of wants everybody to focus on uh, something that is actually not real, it's a fiction created by the media, uh, and ignore the fact that uh, the greatest uh, racial disparity uh, in, in, in the crime committed against the black community here in the United States is abortion. Uh, and you think about uh, sex trafficking of children uh, not only here in the United States, but around the world, uh, they want to turn a, a blind eye to all of that. And, and they are a commodity. Children are a commodity. Um, this is something that I think, though, that the conservative movement needs to look back to and say, here is where we plant our flag in the ground. We must defend this, draw a line. We will not give an inch when it comes to life uh, and it comes to uh, demanding justice for innocent children, women in particular, uh, young girls. Um, we have to we have to hold that line. Um, you, as a business leader, uh, have been given a tremendous platform opportunity. Obviously, you have to do business well in order to get there. Um, you know, you don't just get an opportunity to come and speak. Obviously, at the White House, unless you had been successful to this point. Uh, and it stewarded that responsibility well. Um, I just want to just briefly talk a little bit about that, you know, how the Lord has blessed you uh, in business. Yeah, I mean, what happened with us is uh, when COVID hit, you know, uh, a lot of companies, they go hand to mouth. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, just in time inventories and things like that. We operate a little bit differently. We didn't have debt. We uh, kind of saw a food shortage coming that had happened in 08 also. We saw it coming. So we beefed up our inventories. And uh, when it hit, uh, we didn't see COVID coming. But when we saw when this hit, uh, we had uh, about three months supply of inventory. We, that got uh, depleted in about three weeks. Wow. So w when, um, 
COVID hit, we stayed operating. You know, as an essential business, we could stay operating. But we had to have our, our family, our Goya family, had the courage. You know, a lot of people were shutting down. I think if everybody had shut down, we'd be dead. And, but we kept operating. We had inventory and we started running our factories around the clock. We stayed operating courageously. They say every business, our business is essential, but every business is essential. Every job is essential because you need a reason to get up in the morning. God, family, work, school. If, especially with the young, you get up in the morning and you said, don't, uh, just stay home, don't worry about it. Or here's some money to stay home. It's a cancer, it takes away our will, our spirit uh, to have a purpose. We, we have to be purpose driven. We're given the gift of life yeah. and we have to give back. Uh, otherwise, we fall into depression, drugs, suicide. Uh, so here we were working as a company and uh, we, there was a shortage of food in the, in the food banks and uh, it, was, it, it was a mess. So what we wanted to do was go to the White House and uh, offer this gift of food. So we were kind of thrown into this position and, but we saw the need to nourish the body. Uh, more recently, we've been uh, moved, like I said, to nourish the heart through reaching out to all these victims, these, these children. Mm-hmm. Like you said, uh, with abortion, over 30% of abortions are in the black community. Margaret Sanger put up the clinics uh, in the black communities yeah. under the guise that everybody cares about black lives, brown lives, all lives. It, it's not true. There's people out there that are profiting off of this. And, uh, you know, we have a responsibility to care for mm-hmm. and value uh, life. It, it's extremely important. Final question. Uh, you know, this is kind of a challenge. Um, Obviously, when you stepped up in that way, Goya, you know, to provide food, uh, there was a food shortage. Everybody was experiencing this with their, with their supply chains. Uh, you obviously, it was going to hurt you in order to do that. A lot of people out there might be thinking, and the small business owners, I can't do anything. What can I really do, right? And I'm mainly talking about Christians, Christian business owners, and those who, um, now, this is a moment where courage is needed, now more than ever. Uh, people who are living in the United States, this is the time to stand up, to speak up. Um, you had to do it, and uh, you didn't know how the result would go to the detriment of your business. Uh, it, it's going to hurt in some way, is it not, in this moment to step up. What's some challenge that you might give somebody that's out there? Well, you know, uh it does take courage. Uh, we were blessed enough to be working, you know, uh, to have a reason to get up every morning. Uh, we were in better shape than most. We actually ended up the year uh, when we were boycotted right away, we were boycotted. You know, we had uh, the producer for Eric Bowling, uh, 
he, he did a GoFundMe, raised 350000 to go out and buy Goyer products. And, you know, we kept our core consumers. We, we added so many new people that had not tried our product. They were buying it to give it away. I said, don't give it away. Try it yourself, you know. You'll like it. But uh, it's been, it worked out, you know, for the best. But, you know, we had the blessing. So, you know, we, we really had that obligation, I believe, to, uh, uh, to give back. And I would say that, you know, the Holy Spirit put that word blessed on my lips. It got me into trouble, but uh, I think Laura Ingram glad you asked said me, it. Yeah. she said, are you going to apologize? Are you going to, uh, and I said, hell no. <laughs> uh, because if I had apologized, they would have fired me, and, and, and yeah. so why apologize? But uh, the Holy Spirit put that word on my lips, but I think the Holy Spirit also provided that, hey, you're, gonna, you're doing this as a company, as a family, and I, we're going to protect you. And actually, we had our best year ever. Mm. We, we had the most, uh, our most profitable year. Because it's like, kind of like the loaves and fishes. You know, you, you do something and the Lord, the Holy Spirit asked me to, to do this, asked our family to do that, and, and provided. You have to have faith. You have to have faith that, uh, you know, where there's a need, you know, you have to have the courage to react. And, and you, you know, it might look bleak, and it did for a while. You know, I was, yeah. but uh, the Lord will provide. You know, it's amazing to me uh, is all throughout Scripture, we're not promised that courage is always rewarded. Uh, look in the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were going to go into this fiery furnace, but of course the Lord, uh, they prevailed by the power of the Lord, right? Uh, but they said, even if he doesn't save us, he is yet able. And they trusted the Lord. I'm so encouraged by your story, the story of Goya Foods, the fact that y'all stood up, and that in the marketplace there were enough righteous people, good people, people of goodwill, some people of faith, some people not of faith, but they recognized in this moment you did the right thing and they responded and you were rewarded because of it. And I hope it encourages your story, encourages many more to stand up and to stand in the gap, to have courage, to have a backbone, not a wishbone, uh, and to be men of faith. Thanks to them, we were successful. You know, uh, it, we didn't know what was going to happen and a lot of good God-fearing people stood up and these are the good people that are out there that can, you know, keep this country from moving away from God, mm. moving toward God, being good and kind to each other, loving each other, love and build, not hate and destroy. What I was going to say before, what, and what you were saying is, we're labeling each other. We're like Hitler did with, with yeah. the Jews. You, you want to teach each other to hate others by labeling us, by calling us racist, calling us, you know, uh, uh, calling children that put on mass, don't put on masks murderers. I mean, come on, the, the rhetoric is such that, you know, we're, we're creating a division and a hatred in this country that is dis, dis, uh, destructive. Yeah, dehumanizing, absolutely. Dehumanizing. Well, President Bob Unanwe, of Goya Foods. Thank you so much. You're a hero to all of us and to me. Really Thank appreciate you. you standing for freedom and for joining 
the Standing for Freedom podcast. God bless you and God bless Liberty University. Amen.